0: everybody it's Hannah before we jump into the podcast I just want to let you know that we had a little bit of an audio issue where we lost some files so this episode is a little bit rougher than usual thanks for bearing with it you guys are great and uh, enjoy the episode <laughs>
1: Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games, Transformers The Last Night, Beauty and the Beast, and Spotlight. Okay.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Standing Stanley Tucci. I am Hannah.
1: I am David, and uh, we're still watching every single thing that Stanley Tucci has been in. This is his first children's movie role. Yes. Uh, unless you count Men of Respect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh yeah this is beethoven 1992 uh and it's kind of weird that this came out the same year as Prelude to a Kiss and In the Soup.
0: Very different films all.
1: Right. It's, you know, more of like, a, you know, a philosophical sort of art film and then more of an indie Sundance type film. And then Beethoven to, you know, really make some money, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a Disney film, right?
1: Uh, I It certainly was played on Disney Channel a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or or even more so the sequel Beethoven's Second, which Tucci does not appear in.
0: I I gets... vividly remember advertising for Beethoven's Fifth.
1: Right. So they did many more of these. I don't know how many actors are maintained, but the, the the premise of this film was to try and make this dog actor a star in the, you know, vein of Rin Tin Tin or Lassie, you know, all mm-hmm. the famous dog stars. Uh, and just be like, what about what about Beethoven, man? We got we got a Saint Bernard, the dude that does tricks. What else I, do you need?
0: I forget. Does Airbud the series, the Airbud series, come after this or before it?
1: Uh, I mean, they may as well be considered contemporaneous. Like I'm sure there was some overlap between the first Airbud and the last Beethoven. Sure. Um, basically, I just feel like the '90s were this time where you know if you went to a studio and pitched, it's an animal doing things goofy things not even necessarily goofy things just things fair enough uh then that would be the pitch for the movie most valuable yeah. primate uh you know uh air Bud we mentioned what are some others uh, uh 101 dalmatians which we just talked about last week for our cruella <laughs> episode um which was also written by john hughes well, that who was... wrote the screenplay for this this movie
0: that was 2000s, and we're still 90s here, but um, Homeward Bound, the Homeward Bound series is very 90s.
1: True, true.
0: I loved those.
1: Yeah, it's just, you know, there was a period of time in our childhoods uh, where there was nothing but animal movies, and they would they would all sort of run through, like, the same sort of similar tropes, like, there'd be one sort of animal-hating character, there'd be some sort of kidnapping character, or, like, an original owner who was a bad person, like earbuds, evil yeah. clown, but uh, but this one, you know, it's it's we got the two. He's our baddie. He's our bumbling goon, uh, serving an evil veterinarian yeah. with his best friend Oliver Platt.
0: Yes, yes. Who apparently they were friends uh, before filming, and we excited to to get to work together. Uh, in yeah, interestingly
1: enough, like he he was just asked about Beethoven, uh, Tucci, in a recent interview when talking about the witches because you know that's his most recent children's film and then we have mm-hmm. his first foray into youth entertainment <laughs> uh you know so he was you know he just kept talking about how how important it is in a kid's movie to you know to find the right tone and how important it was that he he was having a great old time with his friend oliver platt which they would uh
0: but would i mean... go on
1: to to star in more films together <laughs>
0: I mean like that's exactly the kind of energy you want in a kid's movie like this like the whole point is it's over the top it's very like hammed up to the nth degree uh you know like i mean that's exactly what i want out of a bay tobin movie though you know like i don't want it to be like art i want it to be hammed up to the nth degree yeah. and just like Whimsical. over the top yeah
1: you know we need goons we need you know our home alone type antics Right. You know, people getting bit in the crotch, you know. I mean All those classic nineties yeah. things that, you know, don't really exist in movies anymore because That's they're a- all animated.
0: <laughs> it's so interesting because this movie is so aggressively nineties and like so aggressively like suburban white like middle class right. upper middle class family like it's not
1: even like one of those movies that really like addresses those like elements of it like the facade of you know trying to keep up appearances keep right. up right Joneses kind of thing it's just sort of taken for granted that uh, this family uh you know the, the a wealthy
0: white family must be in want of a dog
1: right uh, the, the the kids want the dog, but the parent the, the dad doesn't want the dog yeah. because it will ruin his perfect house and his perfect life that he's established. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like basically the story, except for there's these goons who inexplicably want to kidnap dogs to test ammunition on them
0: (laughs) and like weird chemicals it's never super defined what it is they're actually the one
1: that they they say for sure is that they wanted like put a bullet in the brain of a saint bernard to test if the bullet will puncture a skull of about (laughs) human size which is so stupid it's such a not real crime that it just it makes me it makes me smile
0: yeah it's um it's very dumb and very bad. And it's great.
1: I guess he just thought it would be too derivative to say that they want the skins for <laughs> fur or something. Or, or, they want or the they're meat like. For food for somebody.
0: Or I don't know. Like, what's another good reason you could want it? It's like dogs? another
1: crime. Maybe you, know? you just hate
0: dogs. Maybe right, you maybe don't. he's a
1: sadist w- and just likes killing big, Maybe fuzzy animals.
0: Maybe Dalmatians pushed his mom off a cliff and he's got maybe, an accident. Yeah, Yes,
1: maybe it's a trauma-based <laughs> revenge story
0: what's yeah, his or, village in
1: <laughs> or, or what about using the one that they actually use in Cruella maybe the dog ate a precious gemstone they want to cut it out of him. you know
0: right but, I feel like that's a common one in,
1: super in common but movies. they didn't want to be derivative they wanted to say we're, we're pushing the edge here all right Tucci he's going to be breaking into random pet stores just stealing hundreds of of helpless puppies because that's what the veterinarian the evil veterinarian wants
0: of course and it's like so strange because it's just like absolute like fear-mongering to that like same white middle-class audience where it's like your vet could be a secret like a secret
1: dog dog-napper-murder.
0: dog dog never murderer like <laughs> ah
1: <laughs> yeah but that's that's how it opens it opens immediately yes. with with the tooch and i love that I, it makes our job easier because we can identify him immediately we know his role in the story immediately Perfect. Uh, and we know what his persona is and how would you describe his persona in this one is he
0: it's like a he's sort of, of he's sort of the slightly more competent henchman but yeah. like, still very much bumbling and like goofy, and uh, you know gets gets tricked a lot. And oh, oops, the dog is smarter than him, and he gets his <laughs> comeuppets in the end. Yeah, and, and his, all that his good character's
1: stuff. name is Vernon, and okay. uh, the the Oliver Platt sidekick is uh, Harvey, I think. Sure. Does that sound right?
0: They don't have particularly identifiable uh, names. <laughs> like, that's not really relevant to who they are. Right.
1: But I thought it was interesting that they both kind of have, like, speech impediments, but, like, Oliver Platt is doing, like, a full, like, full Vester the cat kind of, uh, you know, uh, is he? speech impediment. Yeah. Oliver Platt is. And then, okay. you know, Stanley Tucci, he's doing more of just, like, uh, you know, extremely New York. First of all, in LA for some reason, I don't know, you know, how he got to California.
0: I mean, it happens. You get it happens. Uh, you just rehoused. move out there to
1: be a dog napper.
0: <laughs> you go where I'm the money takes it. you.
1: Um, but he also kind of like has uh, s- sort of his s's, you know, they're a little uh, sharp. The s. Yeah, you know? it's
0: it's an interesting voice. I don't know if it's necessarily like trying to be a speech impediment.
1: no not I guess not really but he's just he's playing it first of all he may have fake teeth in. he definitely has if he doesn't have fake teeth he has like his teeth are painted yellow or something to make him look more grody and slimy greasy um you know his his hair is definitely receding at a steady rate at this point yes so I think part of the reason he's taking this role is because his you know his agent probably said something along the lines of you need to show some range because you're not going to be a leading man for for very long,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, little did that agent know how 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 many leading roles he would get in the future. Wow,
0: bless him, bless the dude.
1: <laughs> but but yeah, like I think I think that this was a good career move. I think it showed some you know some range that probably helped him land roles in the future in comedies, which he hadn't done too many comedies up until this point, uh, outside mm-hmm. of like more romantic comedies.
0: Or like the indie stuff, you know, like An fear, anxiety, stuff. depression.
1: Right, uh, and and it showed that he could he could do he could do child friendly. You know, he didn't yes. have to be only in mob movies. Yeah, uh, and you would see some of this performance sort of maybe bleed over into. Uh, his performance on Percy Jackson 2 or maybe his performance in The Muppets Most Wanted where he has a walk-on <laughs> cameo you know I think uh-huh. you can see sort of this role and this type of performance like bleeding over into those those later roles.
0: I would believe you. I have not yet had the pleasure of viewing these, so I uh, can't wait till we get there.
1: Um, and then any classic Tucci mannerisms that you uh, noticed?
0: There is some lip biting at the very beginning. A lot Absolutely of
1: Absolutely some lip biting. And then at the end, a lot of underbiting. Yeah, lot of showing his teeth to show that he's a bad guy. And it's great. I, I, I love that, you know, we've cataloged all these yeah, mechanisms. Yeah. But you've got one. If anyone's watching the video podcast right now, you can see in Hannah's background that he has whipped out a comb. Oh, and it's the comb. I feel like he must have brought this to set himself. I, I can't imagine that a director said, here, here's a comb, do some comb work. Because right. it's such a by the numbers like movie that nobody's like paying attention enough to hand him a comb. No, brought that comb. He started doing this in some of the like outtakes, and they were like, "All right, that's good." Keep I it. like
0: it. Yeah,
1: it's greasy. It's slimy, it's, <laughs> but it also shows that you're like the neat freak of the two of them. You're right. The more classy hench. Yeah, you know, you're you're having a, a good time looking good.
0: Right, you're the one wearing a tie, and Oliver Platt's got his uh his whole shirt unbuttoned. You know, collar's yeah, not done like all
1: the way up. Uh, uniform, or what do you call it? A onesie? Yeah, uniform. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's a definitely a huge Tucci gap in this movie where you know they they show up very early on in the beginning, and then you don't see him again for a very long time, pretty much until the kidnapping yes Uh, starts up again an hour into the movie
0: yeah but he bookends it bookends it (laughs) jesus let me take that one more time right uh but he bookends it like very well you know you get a lot of tucci at the beginning you get a bunch of tucci at the end
1: it it works um and in the in the meanwhile in the like the plot of the movie you could charitably say uh (laughs) it's mainly about the dad played by charles groden um just sort of getting exaggeratedly ba- mad at this dog for doing normal dog things yeah. and then doing like the angry sitcom scream like you know
0: ah, like if you were
1: yelling at Dennis the Menace or Alvin right. in the Chipmunks it would like, be just as much at home. Yeah, absolutely. Beethoven! <laughs> um, yeah, but Beethoven was originally a puppy kidnapped by the Tooch, and he escapes with like a Jack Russell Terrier friend, mm-hmm. uh, and they go running through the streets, and then Beethoven just kind of wanders into uh Charles Groden's family's home yeah uh which is this big like mansion um it is like even
0: even for like upper middle class like homes on tv and movie this is a big nice right. home
1: <laughs> which is weird considering his business is selling novelty air fresheners <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's very strange. I guess it's a booming business, question mark.
1: Right. But it's never, like, established that they're having, like, money problems. It's just, like, there's a big deal that could make them a lot more money.
0: Right, which is, like
1: demand more work and for his wife to go back to work uh, and she doesn't want to honey hunt and uh she she's like i guess used to be his secretary or something because she works for the same company right like they maybe work they at co-own the... it or right. i don't know
0: and she's kind of like i don't need it it's fine i kind of want to stay home with the kids i think right. we're because okay the kids are
1: having problems hannah They're they are so kids.
0: many problems the well i mean not really the The oldest daughter is like, you know, she's got a crush on a
1: boy, oh, but she, he he walks right past her and uh, she says, "Hey, shirtless basketball boy, uh, come talk to me." The other two uh, kids
0: have real problems. One, the the son is being bullied, which right. sucks. Right. Uh, and the
1: youngest daughter, I mean, almost she's, she doesn't really have pool. problems, but she just almost drowns. <laughs> and the joke is just that Beethoven solves all of their problems and is sort of a surrogate parent to these he, kids when their dad is just like, you know, this really distant businessman yeah. who doesn't pay attention to anything that they're going through or know yeah. anything about their lives. Yeah.
0: But here's the thing. The dad never finds out that the dog was like helping his children and then like no. comes to love the dog because of that. He's just like, oh, wait, I actually just don't want to, like, put you down and kill you. That seems like a lot, even though I kind of hate you. Oh, well, man. No,
1: it's before that, like, the peak of his anger is when he says, my kids love you more than they love me. It's, it's, he it's actually the idea of him. Beethoven as this, like, parental like, cuckold cuck. for yeah. him. Like, take, coming in and taking his family away from him and ruining his home uh it's it's a strange sort of metaphor uh that's built out of that yeah uh, narrative uh especially the part where the dog climbs into bed with him and licks his ear and that's the last straw because it turns him on too much uh, yeah he thinks yeah. it's his
0: wife but really it's the dog
1: right it's a joke that's been done in in almost every dog thing movie. that has
0: a dog yes <laughs> For sure. Um, um, so, you know, of note, I, I don't know if they're your whomst, whomst we also, but my whomst we also for this week is uh, David Duchovny, uh, yeah, who shows oh, up X-Files in this movie. Fame. Weird, random part in this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he plays Brad, the scheming guys who want to invest, but also take over the air freshener business. Uh, along with um i forget the actress's name but she's deborah from everyone loves ray everybody loves raymond yeah and she's also the mom in the middle now so beloved sitcom mom playing like a business lady who hates children right
0: um but loves dogs because they're so much more obedient than children very
1: cruella very uh proto glenn close cruella she has no use for babies um (laughs)
0: I mean I feel like you know that's a classic 90s villain the the working Absolutely. woman who doesn't yeah. want to have a family.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, they're just committed to each other and to the business of scamming air freshener people out of their business uh question fortunately beethoven overhears their scheme somehow understands it and decides to drag them down the sidewalk on on his leash
0: yeah and ruin the deal
1: thwarting the deal and their plans somehow
0: shrug question mark right but but from
1: you know charles grodin's perspective he's ruined a deal that could have made them a lot more money so it adds to the tension um
0: so this was this was uh six years before the x-files um yeah is when when beethoven happened yeah but uh duke does a great job of being just like a real douchebag he's got like a little exercise ball uh (laughs) that he just squeezes the whole time
1: And he's very rude to the children. You yeah. know, he, he tells them, like, you're all very annoying and demanding. Please leave. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but um, that wasn't my uh, yeah. my my standing. Uh, my, uh, my Whomst. My, oh, we, whomst we also. Um, mine was a very, very blink and you miss it part. I think you literally could have blinked and missed it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you are watching the movie... The first scene where the son, Ted, is getting on the school bus, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he's hiding behind some bushes so he doesn't have to interact with some boys who he thinks might bully him, Mm -hmm. and the three of them are just kind of standing, and they're just in one shot, and then they get on a bus, and then you never see those three characters again. (sighs) On the far right of that screen, the first ever film role of Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
0: The first ever? (laughs)
1: That was his first feature film role. Wait, um, I
0: want to change my answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just wanted that to be a big surprise. So, yeah, that's little JGL, even before uh, Third, you know, Third Ugh. Rock from the Sun, uh, which is, you know, where he became a real star. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, but I absolutely adore Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Le all of swoon. his bizarre filmography uh, in so his early strange. years. And his, you know, and his his current years. Yes, it's
0: it's still bizarre. (laughs) He makes, he chooses strange scripts.
1: Yes, um, you know, I definitely liked Looper probably more than most people.
0: I enjoyed Looper as well, but it's weird.
1: (laughs) It's bizarre, uh, but yeah, he's he's my homestew also for this week. That's excellent. Although I like David Duchovny as well. Yeah. uh, you know, if I had watched Everybody Loves Raymond, I probably would like, Deborah, Debra! Yeah. <laughs> or The Middle, I guess. Or the... I'm, the, I'm never going to watch The Middle.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh God. I mean, I feel like we've hit most of the major plot points. You know, the dog saves the youngest daughter from drowning at a uh, neglectful neighbor's house. And the mom is like, see, this is why we can't have a babysitter. And... <laughs> you know i can't go back to work because my kid will drown in a pool Don't
1: it's a classic that's it white person middle class anxiety um, yeah you know which is why yeah. most people who made enough money you know even if they were working women you know ended up staying home raising kids and then maybe going back to work once the kids are old enough it's just this right. big anxiety of the 90s yeah who's watching your kids are they well serious? and i mean
0: I mean I think after the 80s for sure and then also you know just like all the latchkey kids and like I yes. don't want to raise my kids as a latchkey child you know.
1: Exactly. So. Um, I think I want to say that I think Charles Grodin is perhaps the most distracting thing about this movie like not he's, even like all the dog scenes. He's, he's not such, a
0: good actor.
1: He doesn't deliver like the you know the comic sort of side of it you know he's not dave from alvin and the chipmunks you know he's he's just sort of like a rage monster and but like he's just just so hateful of this dog (laughs) for no reason
0: he's so hateful he's just kind of unlikable and i feel like all of his facial expressions are like off by like half an emotion you know Like, I feel like he's always, like, kind of smiling. Like, at the end, when they have to, like, take Beethoven in to get euthanized. And he's just like, I love you, buddy. And he's, like, kind of smiling. And you're like, "Right." I know you you're trying to go sad. for, like, bittersweet heartfelt. and yeah. sad and heartfelt. But, like, it is not coming out
1: at all. Yeah, he's got a bit where he's, like, you know, he's taking him to be euthanized because the vet has pretended yep. to be bit on the arm uh, in order to justify... Taking this dog so that he can put a bullet in its brain, as I previously stated.
0: Again, just steal the dog. It can't be that hard.
1: Um, but instead, he 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 has it sent sent to be euthanized. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, Grodin is is driving him, and he's like, you know, my my dad killed my dog too, and I never <laughs> forgave him for that. <laughs> anyway, gonna keep uh, killing this dog.
0: Oh my gosh, it's it's so strange. And then there's like an action sequence at the end where they follow the vet to the second location where they're keeping Beethoven and the other
1: dogs. Right, because uh, the police won't would never intervene in such a situation. Right, of
0: course. <laughs> uh, well, no, they call the police and the police are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" That's what Not I'm to saying. Somebody
1: else, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So in this world, it's a world where police would never show up to help somebody who says their dog's been kidnapped by you know uh, vet who lied bet. about being bit
0: right i'm like <laughs> wouldn't i'm even sure do an
1: investigation just just leave
0: it well you know they'll investigate it tomorrow but they need it solved um, now david now so the, the dad gets his hero moment where he uh you know beethoven's about to get got by the <laughs> scientist and then he falls through the ceiling onto stanley tucci and oliver platt and uh <laughs> saves the day
1: yep So they get knocked out and you think they're pretty much done. And then uh, for some reason, the son starts driving the car and he drives it, crashes into the building and then (laughs) launches like 16 syringes full of chemical liquids into the vet, which just kind of knocks him out. Like it doesn't kill him. It just sort of.
0: It does just look like he got knocked out, but it, it really seems like he's dead, you know, with just like these 16 needles well the next we hear
1: of him it's he's on a newspaper and it says indicted yeah (laughs) so i don't think they would say indicted if he was dead from no i i
0: know that he doesn't die but i'm just saying it really looks like he should have died
1: but tucci doesn't die there he he's like crawling away in a very undignified fashion uh but then who let the dogs out uh but uh all of the the, the newton family
0: mm-hmm. and uh you know they get to say sickum boys and yeah. the dogs chase after them and uh, then we, we get to, David, your scene, uh, that's your background. <laughs> they right. they well, think they, that...
1: they're running and then they like knock over a cabbage cart and I'm just like, my cabbages, my <laughs> cabbages. Um, and then they they run to a pound uh, or to a junkyard, sorry. Mm-hmm. And they climb over the junkyard fence and they're like, ha ha, we did it. We got away from you stupid dogs. And they're like literally shaking their butts in the dogs' faces. Right. And, like taunting them. And then from behind, a couple of junkyard Dobermans just sort of crawl out, and then they're like, "Ah!" They scream, and then the camera zooms right in on them, and then it blurs, and then, you know, we assume that they're in pain and Mm -hmm. suffer their just rewards for being dog nappers.
0: Yep, yep. And well, they they too are indicted, according to the news broadcast at the end cuz like yeah the family gets interviewed and uh you know the dad gets asked if he's always been such a dog lover and uh he's like well not not as much before as now and then we zoom out and see that the parents are going to bed with all of the dogs in the bedroom it's They've the got- same
1: ending as 101 dalmatians yeah. it's literally just the same movie <laughs> like it's crazy it's just crazy how how similar these movies are like yeah it must've been that somebody like looked at this script and was like, is this just 101 Dalmatians, John? And then John Hughes was like, it is. Let's talk to Disney. Maybe we'll just adapt that. I guess yeah. we we'll need some like CGI for the dogs. We'll see if they can do that in a couple years.
0: There we go, we, you got there.
1: <laughs> uh, anything else to say about Tucci's performance here? Uh, when I think he it's screams fine. like a little girl? I think, I think that works very well.
0: He does a great little girl scream. Uh, he's very fun to watch. You know, like I said, he plays a good goon.
1: He's a great goon. Uh, in the in the first scene, I don't think I mentioned, he's uh, smoking a, a cig, and that's rare for a kid's movie nowadays, obviously. Yeah. But back then, not quite so rare. But he's smoking a cig, and then he sort of casually blows on like a laser tripwire. Oh, yeah. And then just kind of flicks the cigarette out the door. Like, he's very smooth. Even when he's playing a clumsy, you know uh stupid henchmen,
0: right like he got hired for a reason but you know he he's not gonna keep this job for long
1: (laughs) exactly um so that's that's tooch that's uh that's 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 beethoven's first yep and it would go on to sell a million copies of straight to dvd vhs Beethoven Nonsense.
0: Uh, yeah. Tell us what your favorite Beethoven movie is. Uh, tweet at us at Talking Trope or comment wherever yeah, you see this Let us know if you want us to
1: do a, a full Talking Tropes on animal movies of We 90s. might need
0: of the 90s. Good, because we really might need to narrow that <laughs> one down. Um, right. Dr. Doom. Or, or just do a, a series on like the Beethovens and the Air Buds of, of the 90s. Yeah, just dog movies. Yeah.
1: Uh, So that's Beethoven. If you guys are nostalgic for it, you know, uh, we respect you, but uh, we respectfully disagree and we think it's a bad movie.
0: Oh, it's a bad movie, but it's very enjoyable. Would watch again. 10 out of 10 on the watchability (laughs) scale.
1: Just for, you know, Charles Grodin getting slimed or splattered with mud and other liquid I mean
0: I, I will say we sort of uh jumped over it but there is like a montage of where you know the dog just does a bunch of like dirty stuff and annoying yeah. stuff around the house and the dad okay. freaks out and I'm pretty sure that was what they had going into this and we're That's like let's let's build a movie around this <laughs>
1: you yeah. know this I mean, like it's a, four minute it's sequence. a good trailer I, it just it doesn't make for really like a movie with a plot no it's not a movie
0: it's a sketch. <laughs>
1: Alright, well uh we'll talk to you later and and see what stand we're gonna tooch, what tooch we're gonna stand next time.
0: You know it. Oh, of you
1: Bye. Know the name. But that's that guy from the hunger games Transformers the last night, beauty and the beast and spotlight,
0: writer and director of big